Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of College Football Pod Talk. This is your co-host, Easton. And Josh. And remember, email us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com. So we're going to jump straight into reviews. This is a, this first game is a special review uh, since game day. Visited Pullman for the first time. What's your thoughts on game day alone? Not the game, just game day being at your school. Well, first off, I think it was long overdue, you know, with the whole history of Old Crimson and, you know, us showing up to every college game day throughout the nation. It's It was long overdue for them to come, finally show up to Pullman, and it, it was it was phenomenal. I got teary-eyed, and uh, it, it, it was great, man. For for those of you who, who have never watched game day, there's been a Washington State flag at game day since game day started. It's yeah, it's it's uh, it was created by a man named Tom Pounds and from there on like he started this tradition of having people uh, connect with each other and have the Washington State flag at every college game day flying high. It's it's a pretty incredible feat to say itself. I remember when game day went to Ole Miss a few years back. Uh, it it's when you move away or when you're done, you know, being at your school it is a treat to see your school highlighted on game day like that. It's a real treat. Game day going to different places is real incredible. Yeah, it was an awesome turnout to see quite a bit of an alumni there. You know, I wish I made the trip, but I didn't. But uh, I definitely regret it now. Um, but it was awesome to see, you know, Lee Corso put on the Coug, uh helmet, you know, predicting our win. And, and so it was cool, man. I was, it, was, it was a good start to our uh, – Hell of a game that we're going to talk about here soon. Yeah, what what happened in the game? Well, my Cougs pulled off a win, man. It's I'm very happy to say we ended up beating Oregon 34-20. to This is the fourth year in a row now that we've beaten Oregon. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. And, you know, because Oregon's always had a tradition of that high, high-powered offense. And, you know, we weren't very good at defense for the past few years. But it was... It was a hell of a game for us. We brought the momentum. Uh, the Kooks came out strong, phenomenal, with a 27-0 lead going into halftime. Uh, Justin Herbert, the superstar uh, Heisman candidate and potential first-round pick of the NFL draft, uh, he started off four for 11 for 36 yards in the first half. How, like Justin, yeah, he that that team they needed to run the ball. Oregon needed to run the ball a little more in the first half. It seemed like they wanted to just rely on Justin's Herbert arm. I think they could have done a little more damage to y'all if they kept the ball on the ground in the first. And that's what I was stressing about because uh, Verdell last week had a, had a good game versus UW's powerful defense. So I was really stressing about them getting that run game going because once you get a run game going, it really deflates a team. Uh, so we know, you know, we kind of held held their uh, run game down and put all the pressure on Herbert. And even then, our secondary did really well. You know, we had. A few pass interference calls, but I'd give that up rather than a touchdown. But overall, I think our defense showed up, man. And that crowd behind them, I, I think, you know, the energy in Martin Stadium was just there, man. You can just you can just feel it. It was awesome to see. This was definitely a tale of two halves for Oregon, though. Most definitely. I, they did make some adjustments. Uh, they ended up putting up uh, 20 unanswered points to make it a 27-20 game. And me and Josh were actually at the bar watching the game, and it, it he, I was sweating bullets, man. <laughs> I was stressing about it because, you know, we have that tradition of cooging it. But we actually ended up finishing strong. Uh, Gardner Minshew finished the game 39 for 51, 323 yards and four touchdowns. 
Uh, Herbert on the other side went 25 for 44, 270 yards in a tug. Uh, but not not the Heisman first round pick I was expecting to see. Man, it was it was a different type of Justin Herbert. Yep, Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, just that that first half kind of ruined his day. Obviously, if you have a first half like that, your team typically doesn't doesn't come back and win those games. It's you know you have to play four quarters when you're playing programs that are ranked in the top twenty five. You can't you can't have an off half. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know we locked down Dylan, you know their star receiver, and once we had him on lock, it it was a it was a momentum swing. He you could see the frustration in him where they you know Oregon start running like swing or sweep plays for him, you know just to get him going and getting in the game because our secondary held him on lock, you know. But the biggest surprise to me, honestly, this whole game was that we outgained Oregon in rushing. Does that even we're a does that even make sense to you? You guys, I, I mean, I just remember a few games back, y'all had zero rushing attempts. Yeah. And now you're outgaining uh, Oregon run run team that did some damage against Washington. Yeah, definitely. Our, our defense held Oregon uh, to 58 total rushing yards, where we ended up with 77. But man, it was it was the game. It, it was if you're a Coug fan, it, you got teary eyed. If you didn't get teary eyed at any time of the day. You you're not a you're diehard coup because that that game was you know it was everything and everything we wanted in a game you know if we just played a little bit stronger in the second half but you know we finished and you know had a last second uh excuse me a touchdown late in the fourth quarter that kind of finalized it so it was that was a big win for uh, Washington State yeah. uh, you know I'm very very excited to watch watch y'all go forward in the Pac-12, Yeah, see, see what kind of damage y'all can do. Yeah, we're leading the North now, so it should be interesting. Uh, it, you know, we keep steamrolling these teams. It'll be an interesting Apple Cup uh, going forward. Well, I know both you and the other team in Washington have a lot of lot of games left to play. So yeah, we'll definitely. see how those, uh, those games go on moving forward. Speaking of those dogs, they ended up playing uh, Colorado yesterday. They pulled out a win, 27-13. Colorado actually came out pretty hot and uh, scored their first drive. Uh, got them a little bit of momentum, but I think that's when uh, UW kind of buckled down and was like, you know, we're not going to let this happen in our stadium, especially after last week's loss to Oregon. Uh, Gaskin was actually out for UW, so it put more pressure on their other running backs by committee, Ahmed. Pleasant and McGrew, all between those three, you know, I think they had to even it out. But uh, I think Ahmed is their star running back out of all of them, man, because well, he's he's a he's a runner. Well, we need to not not forget about their senior quarterback, Jake Browning. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's really he's very accurate. Uh, you know, four touchdowns on the day. You know, they just they just know how to he knows how to play ball. Yeah, no, I I think he did. A little bit better than usual, you know. It's he did get more pressure because their offensive line they've been mixing in and out guys, you know, guys that aren't familiar with the same positions. So uh, you know, the lines the line has held up the past two weeks, gave him some time to throw. Uh, there were a few inaccurate passes, but he got some great receivers. There's one ball across the middle. There's uh, one of the receivers caught. Uh, one-handed. It was it was o- Odell Beckham esque. Oh, I, I, I hate that phrase. I'm telling you, retire it. Everybody's Odell this, Odell that. One-handed catches were around before Odell was born. He, he didn't invent the one-handed catch. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, moving on uh, to the pack or from the Pac-12 to the Big Twelve. 
we had number nine Oklahoma playing against TCU. What, what was your expectations of this game? I was hoping it was going to be a close game. Uh, you know, the first half is pr- at least a little tight, but Oklahoma just ran away with it. Oklahoma can put points on anybody. Yeah, yeah. They ended up beating TCU 52-27, but uh, this was a good game to start. But uh, Kyler Murray, you know, he had to turn it on, as usual, ended up with four touchdowns. But the running game, surprisingly, for Oklahoma State or Oklahoma was phenomenal, and that's the thing. It's like their star running back, Anderson, got hurt uh, early on in the season, but they had backups, Kennedy Two. Brooks and uh, Booth did really well. Both of them over 100 yards, incredible. Kennedy with 168, Trey Sermon with 110. Lincoln Riley, this guy knows how to run an offense. If they can put together a defense to stop some teams, oh, they'd be scary. Yeah, and I was surprised this past week they actually got rid of uh, Stoops, their defensive coordinator, and had a... Uh, pretty interesting to see you know what what's going to go on moving forward with that defense because you know that that's that's the thing that's going to hold them hold them back they could put up points but they also need to hold hold teams back from scoring yeah you you got to play defense if you want to play with the big boys Oklahoma has the offense to score with anybody but you still got to play some defense you can't you can't have people scoring 50 points on you yeah it was a good game how about the Big Ten how is that looking Big Ten, we're going to start out with uh, Michigan and Michigan State. This game started out a little weird. A little little toss-up before the game even started. Michigan State lined up, arms linked and chain, and walked the whole 100 yards. Set it it off a little weird. Um, Michigan, there was a Michigan defender uh, who kind of scraped up the middle of the 50-yard line on top of the Spartan logo. Uh, just a weird start to the game. Yeah, the rivalry's you know the rivalry's hot every year. Big brother, little brother. Who's the big brother? Who's the actual little brother? You know, and like like you said, you know they're linked arms to start the game, which is a tradition they do have. But I think the Michigan players they're warming up just like everybody else, and they didn't they they didn't uh, unlink arms to let the guy through, and uh, that kind of riled them up and uh, kind of tore up the middle of their field. So. Yeah. You, you don't do that, especially when you got a lot of pride in your school. So I'm sure that initially gave Michigan State a little bit of momentum. I'm just, I'm just it's just, that's a weird start out to that game. Um, I will say Michigan came through with a good victory over Michigan State, 21-7. Shea Patterson with two TDs and 212 yards. Uh, the run game for Michigan is on point. Um, Karen Hild- Hildon. Uh, 144 rushing yards, and the D, the D for Michigan, played lights out, only allowing seven points. That D is a legit defense and can can play ball. And I think that's what's going to hold them up in the future. You know that defense wins games, like I always say. You know, not just saying this as a defensive player, but just one of those things where you know you need the defense is the backbone of the team. That offense can't get going. That's when the defense starts making turnovers and fil- flipping the field. So things like that, where it's going to spark the offense and give them a little bit more momentum versus just having that offense or rely on that offense to be the spark all the way through. Harbaugh has had this defense playing for a few years now. Maybe he finally has an offense that can score enough points to where they can make some waves in the Big Ten. Well, I think they finally have a quarterback. I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of your boy, Shea, Shea we'll, Patterson. We'll see how Shea turns out <laughs> in, in these upcoming big games that he has to play. Yeah. So let's move on to Nebraska versus Minnesota. There's not much to say about this game. Clap it up. Scott Frost got his first victory. 
Congratulations, uh, Frost. It's about time. <laughs> Wendy's will not make a joke about you anymore. <laughs> but there's really no reason to talk about this Nebraska team moving forward now that they got the win. Yeah, uh, they're just not not a program that's ready to be talked about quite yet. Uh, the biggest upset of the weekend happened in the Big Ten, where Purdue laid it on Ohio State. Purdue forty nine, Ohio State twenty. This is why college football is so great is because you have these Davids come in there and they beat the socks off of the Goliaths. This, I was totally shocked. I was shocked watching this game. There was, it was, it was, I just didn't know what was happening. I understand it's an away game. It's in a night game, but boy, did, did uh, Ohio State not show up? Like, laid an egg. It, no running game. No, pa- I, they, they need, they, they need help fast. <laughs> it's like. Where is the Ohio State run game that that we've all known from the past? In games like against Purdue, they should be able to ram the ball down Purdue's throat. The offensive line should be able to dominate Purdue's defensive line. The same school that produced Ezekiel Elliott. You'd expect them to have some run game moving forward. Highlight that with phenomenal offensive line talent. Bosa was missed on that defense because... Uh, Purdue looked good. They looked really good. You know, Haskins for Ohio State can't do it all. He he finished the game with 378 yards, but Ohio State didn't have a run game. And then that Ohio State defense didn't live up to their name either. Um, the Purdue running back, DJ Knox, had a tw- 128 yards and three rushing TDs. Cool. Quarterback, David Blow, had three passing TDs. I mean, incredible what yeah. Purdue put on that Ohio State team. They step their game up. You always ask for those smaller teams to be like, this is the time to challenge yourselves and play against the best of the best. And they showed up, man. I think it was really awesome to see and got the upset versus Ohio State. And it should be interesting moving forward in this uh, top four teams and uh, the playoffs going forward. Would you take a one-loss Ohio State or over an undefeated US- UCF? I'd, it's it's gonna, That's going to be a tough call because – we get we do get to see Ohio State and Michigan play. Yeah. Before this is all said and done, and that the winner of that game, not saying they're gonna go, but that's a good good victory for both those teams. I mean, they still have to win the Big Big Ten championship against a you know a talented team in that that championship game, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it should be interesting moving forward, but that that's why you love college football, right? Exactly. So let's go on to the ACC, where we labeled uh, NC State in a Clemson game. This was not much of a game to watch. Uh, Clemson came out and dominated 41-7. to Trevor Lawrence had a career high, 308 yards. Not saying that's much of a career because he's only played in the <laughs> games. He's a true freshman. Uh, Travis Etienne rushed for three rushing touchdowns. You know, Clemson... Just has it rolling. I think Etienne needs to be a Heisman candidate. This man has scored three touchdowns the past two games, and he's he's barely talked about. Like that's the thing that's kind of frustrating. You know, just because they're a good team doesn't mean that these great players shouldn't be highlighted. And Etienne is was the backbone for that team when Lawrence went down a few weeks ago and held held the team on his back. So I think he should be considered as a Heisman candidate. Well, on the other side of the ball, NC State's quarterback, Ryan Finley, he just couldn't get it going against that Clemson defense. You know, they've been talking about him, high draft pick potential. Uh, 
He only he finished with 156 yards and and two interceptions. And he that's just, that's get it going. that's definitely a game where he should have stepped up. And it was an interview for the NFL. You know that was that was the main interview for the NFL because you're going against a high powered defense, going against some pressure. So and see how he'd handle it. And it, he didn't handle it very well. So it should be interesting how these uh, NFL pro or excuse me NFL scouts are going to look at him moving forward. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Finley definitely needed to step up and and uh, show out a little bit, and he uh, he just wasn't there. Yeah, going to the dirty, dirty South. How about the SEC? How's that looking? SEC. Well, let's start out with this Auburn Ole Miss game. Um, you know, Ole Miss is pretty much done for. Um, <laughs> th- throwing it out there, you know, not much of a game. Uh, the first half was close, but Ole Miss is just a bad team. Uh, Auburn. You know, didn't necessarily look super great in the first half. They probably should have put more points on the board. We should have put more points on the board as well. But this Ole Miss team maybe has maybe has one more victory in them this year. Got to have a little more faith in that, man. It's it's a it's a matter of you know I watched the game. And it's it's a matter of want to. You know, it's it's not. It wasn't like you guys just didn't know what you're doing. A lot of missed tackles. You know, I'm, dumb I'm just, penalties. I'm just being realistic. <laughs> I've, I've watched I've watched this play out time and time before. You know, it's Ole Miss is we got you know we got a lot of work to do. But that's exactly how Washington State started. So have some faith, <laughs> brother. Uh, we've been there. We've been, <laughs> you know we've been good. We've been bad. We'll we'll fight back. Um, so we'll go on to this Mississippi State LSU game. Uh, this was a highlighted game, probably the biggest game in the SEC this weekend. Uh, LSU kind of put it on Mississippi State, uh, won the game 19 to three. Mississippi State just couldn't get any passing game going whatsoever. Uh, they they Nick Nick Fitzgerald threw four picks, uh, which is just in terrible. I mean, yeah. he, he was able to run the ball for 131 yards, which is great. But you're he, a quarterback. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be able to throw the ball. If you love defensive games, this was the game to watch, obviously. But boy, did Mississippi State not have an offense? Period. Fitzgerald was a pre pre Heisman or preseason Heisman candidate, and now he's he's just looking like an oversized running back. <laughs> well, and that's and that's not to say that the LSU offense didn't really dominate this game either. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They scored one touchdown and that was in the first first quarter on on a 1-yard run. The rest of the game was just field goals. How about that kicker though from LSU? Yeah. They love that guy. That that guy that guy's getting hype. I'm pretty sure LSU's putting him on the Heisman watch, but let's be honest, your kicker's not going to win, LSU fans. Yeah, yeah. Cole Tracy, he's 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 a good kicker, but you know you gotta you know you gotta rely on other things besides kick. Because once it come once you play a Bama, you you can't rely on field goals. So so LSU and Bama actually play in two weeks. Oh baby! And a big event happened in this game that's going to affect the first first quarter, first half of that Bama game. So LSU's top linebacker Devin White is going to miss the first half of the Bama game uh, for a targeting call. LSU has next uh, has a bye week next week. That's rough. And he's going to have to sit out the first first half. That's 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 going to be tough against that Bama. You need all your stars. Most definitely. Play Bama. I was just going to say that you need all your players, all your starters, and that that's definitely not going to help. So guys are going to have to step it up for LSU. So let's go on to the the non Big Five. Uh, we didn't name one game in particular. 
but Cincinnati did lose to Temple 24-17 to in overtime. That's not good for UCF. Um, UCF and USF are both still unbeaten. They both won this past weekend. Yeah, and don't give me, you know, you can't, Temple's not a bad team, you know, and it was just a matter of finishing strong, and I think Temple just had the momentum at the time and ended up pulling it out. But, you know, Cincinnati, they're ranked 20. But at the same time, you know, this was one loss. It's not one of those things where it's going to, I don't think it's going to dictate UCF's future as much as people are going to try to make it. Well, good thing for UCF is they, they will get the chance to beat Temple in, I believe, about two weeks when they play. Yeah. So they'll get they'll get a show, their showcase against Temple, and if they could put some numbers against Temple, that'll kind of make it look good. Yeah, they'll definitely have to put up some numbers. They do. They will want USF to continue to win so that you can, you know, that USF-UCF matchup of two undefeateds might, might look good on UCF's schedule schedule yeah most definitely so let's go on to the players of the week who you got i got the quarterback from missouri drew lock he had a good game 23 for 29 350 yards and four touchdowns in a win versus memphis 65 to 33 so i got lsu defender lsu as a team had four picks like i said but the safety safety grant uh del pit had two interceptions himself uh Man. pretty good game to have two picks yeah so I have I have a question for you. What's up? We've been talking about quarterbacks a lot, two in particular, Tua and Kyler Murray. Tua for Bama, Kyler Murray for Oklahoma. Both of them had pretty big games this weekend. Are those our two Heisman front runners? Uh yeah, quarterback wise, I I do think so. Uh for both of them, if you watch any of their games, it they look like the most relaxed people on the field. It, it they make it look so easy. That's the crazy thing. But you know you got to figure Tua is he's still young. You know he still has a lot a lot of time left. So it it should be interesting. But uh, you know moving forward, I think it's it's going to be a bigger challenge to see when Oklahoma has to play the bigger teams or just even Bama. You know when Bama plays LSU, how is he going to handle that defense? So uh, it should it should definitely be interesting. But they I definitely think they are the top two contenders. Here's here's a good stat on Tua for the season. Over twenty touchdown passing touchdowns, no interceptions. That is that is bizarre. And this this kid doesn't even play fourth quarters. Yeah. But yet he might not even play the second half in a lot of his games. Yeah. Not to be to, honest with you, I I think he's probably one of my favorite players to watch, man, because he's he's pro, he's one of the best players, if not the best player in college football. And he, you would never guess it by his actions on the field. You know, he's humble. Right when Jalen Hurts goes in the game and makes plays, he's the first one to give him a handshake on the sideline. It's it's just the demeanor and the way he acts and carries himself is huge. And I think it's it's a good uh, representation for the, for football, especially in this day and age. You know, I, I think he's you know he's 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 a great poster boy for college football. I think Kyler Murray's right there along with them, though. Kyler oh, definitely. Murray's putting up video game numbers every week. I just, it's, he's just incredible. Yeah. You know, this week he, he had four touchdowns and 213 yards. Kyler Murray just is – he does it. And you know what I love about both these guys is they're technically undersized quarterbacks. So, <laughs> you know, these guys are – small Russell Wilsons, but, you know, they're not your prototype quarterbacks that these so uh, so-called experts would say. So it's pretty interesting to see how the dynamic is changing with the how these quarterbacks are getting looked at. 
Is anybody else on on your radar? I know you mentioned Etienne, the running back from Clemson. Uh, you know, just saying he's having a good season. Anybody else that you can name of? Um, think of? Yeah, I actually forgot about probably the best quarterback in the nation. Actually, passing wise, is Gardner Minshew, man. And this isn't just being biased. He he has better stats than Herbert. Gardner Minshew needs to be talked about a lot more. I know we're in the Pacific Northwest, high up here, but they they need to put him on the radar because he's been playing phenomenal and even versus USC had a great game. So things like that where, you know, we we're getting overlooked and I, I honestly don't know why. I will say this if if you're going strictly by numbers though, if you look at Tua versus Gardner, you got Tua playing two quarters to one quarter in a game when Gardner's playing the entire game. Washington State does not have Bama's defense. <laughs> no. so, or line, or receive. I Don't get me wrong, I love my Cougs, but we're not Alabama. So, I mean, I, you know, I just want to throw that out if we're going strictly by numbers. Not saying Gardner shouldn't be in the, be in the, the hunt. He had a hell of a game last week. So, you know, he's, Andy's you know, probably due for more in this upcoming season. Definitely. So let's let's move on. Let's move on to our games next week that we're going to be paying attention to. We're going to start off with the Pac-12. There's only to be honest with you, there's only really one good game in the Pac-12 this weekend and it's Washington State at Stanford. Uh, every conference game matters for us right now, Washington State, uh, just because we we want to win the conference championship this year. We have high expectations for ourselves. So let's let's go to the Big 12. We're going to watch this uh, Texas-Oklahoma State game. Can Texas keep it going? I believe they can. You know, this Oklahoma State State team has is on a two-game losing streak, and this is this is abnormal for that program. Yeah, especially a Gundy-run program. He's been there for so long. And they typically win. They typically have great seasons. Yeah, so. they, they always got a hell of a quarterback. <laughs> so let's see if, if Oklahoma State can turn, turn it around against a Texas team, a highly ranked Texas team at that. So let's go Big Ten. We got the first game. Uh, this is a, should be a fantastic game. Iowa and Penn State. Both teams are ranked. Iowa had a huge victory last week over Maryland. Uh, they blanked Maryland 23-0. And Penn State still looked a little shaky versus Indiana. Yeah, they looked real shaky versus Indiana. It, it actually kind of worried me because I definitely thought Penn State was on a roll. And I thought they were going to just steamroll teams from here on out Trace McSorley's a stud and you know and I just thought overall with that defense and they're they're struggling man so it should be interesting that that loss to Ohio State and then the back-to-back losses for Penn State really put a damper on their season I don't you know maybe the players might have given up a little bit but at least they got the victory that's all that matters yeah definitely and need to roll roll on and get more victories but it is kind of deflating as a team when you do have the expectation to go to a national championship or at least the playoffs lose back-to-back games that I can kill a team immediately uh, so the other other Big Ten game we got Wisconsin versus Northwestern. Uh, Wisconsin needs to, needs to get the victory in this one to stay ahead of Northwestern in the Big Ten West. Uh, that Big Ten West ch- uh, spot in the championship could come down to this matchup and a few other matchups as the season continues. Jonathan Taylor got to bring his gay game. Yep, Jonathan Taylor, show up, show out. 
Game's over in the ACC. We got Miami versus Boston College. This should be a good game. Both game, both teams are five and two. Uh, Miami's been looking pretty good lately. They've been swapping, you know, doing another quarterback uh, fiasco, I guess you'd call it. Mark, Mark Rick, you need to you need to find your quarterback and stick with them. I, I I'm a true believer of of a you know finding your go to guy and sticking with them. Yeah, and that's the thing they they're swapping out like series, so that's that's a tough thing. It's not just oh you're gonna play half, you play half. It's it's get a little bit of momentum and then I'm gonna take you out. <laughs> and let's I'm I'm really hoping Boston College can get their run game going and make this a hell of a game. Yeah, where's AJ Dillon? We need you, brother. Bring that A game versus Miami. Show up and show out. <laughs> the second one we got is Syracuse versus NC State. Syracuse uh, uh, surprising a lot of people in the ACC. I think people didn't expect them to do so well. And also with NC State, you know, they got their first loss this past weekend. But they're they're still looking strong. So, Syracuse, if you remember, they played a hell of a game against Clemson a few weeks back. Uh, see how they do against NC State and how NC State does against Syracuse. Yeah, Baber's got something good going up there. So in the SEC, we got a big game in Florida and Georgia. Top 25 matchup. Both teams have one loss. Both teams are fighting for the SEC East uh, title. Uh, this, this is going to be a game. Yeah, I'm curious to see how which Georgia team we're going to get. Are we going to get a ground-and-pound heavy de- uh, running game, or are we going to get a stagnant offense and well, just rely on a from? <laughs> Dan Mullen knows how to coach these guys up. Kirby Smart is a great coach in his own right. I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, the way LSU handled Georgia uh, last week, I I was in awe. So it should be interesting to see. And if Florida brings their A game, they, they have a chance versus Georgia. So then we got a, uh, a Texas A&M versus a Mississippi State game. I just I want to point this out. Texas A&M has two losses on the season. Their two losses are against Alabama and Clemson. And they played Clemson tough. This, this Texas A&M team, you got to give them some credit for fighting and doing what they're doing. This game's going to end in a 0-0 tie. This will be a <laughs> defensive game all the way. And I, I don't I don't doubt it. It's it's the way I hope I hope Fitzgerald and Mississippi State can get some offense uh, or a kicker who can kick 70 yards cuz uh either way they need to put up some points. You can play defense and do well, but I think uh Texas A&M is more inclined to put up some points versus a Mississippi State that's offense been stagnant. The way Mississippi State's offense has been, uh, you get you got to pull for or you got to assume Texas A&M is going to get the victory. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go with uh, we got one non-Big Five uh, game this week, and it's USF versus Houston. USF is still undefeated, as we stated, and then Houston only has one loss on the season. Yeah, this will be a big test for USF now because uh, they're, Houston's not a bad team. They like to sling that ball, you know, just like it, damn near every other team <laughs> right now. They they love that air raid type offense. So if USF brings a great uh, defense and the secondary steps it up, I think, you know, they'll hold that win versus Houston. Well, just remember, Houston has probably one of the the best Oliver. college yep. Oh, Oliver's yeah, I forgot there. all about him. Watch out for Ed Oliver. Uh, take his number down. He'll be in the pros shortly. So that and that kid is a stud. Yeah, I think he'll wreak some havoc on USF. I don't think they'll, they've seen anybody like him. <laughs> that, that kid is a stud. So that's that's gonna be it for next week's games. You know, always email us at collegefootballpodtalk at gmail.com. We're out. Out. Peace.